Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Been our best week ever. Thanks yes. to you all. We appreciate it. I think the news cycle, again, is speeding up at rapid pace. We are in... Uh, drag strip level pace for the news cycle a lot to talk about today um again so breaking this morning for liberals for the 1478th time we got trump now we got trump now um his lawyer a former lawyer michael cohen is now saying that oh trump knew about the trump tower meeting ladies and gentlemen i'm going to explain to you today why one not only should you not panic about this you should actually put a smile on your face about this. What? Even Joe's probably like, what is he talking about? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! <laughs> I have no idea where he's going with this stuff anymore, by the way. No. I have turned over the soundboard, and the audience seems to really... I even sent Joe a lot of your emails. Yeah, thank they you. They seem to really like Joe's new... Um, uh, we've given Joe free reign to do whatever he wants with the soundboard. Thank you. Don't worry about this stuff. This is actually a golden opportunity. I will uh, break it down for you. Okay, today's show brought to you by our buddies at Omax. I love Omax because I have really severe arthritis, and I'd be lost without fish oil and its anti-inflammatory effects, especially me with the lifting all the time. It's killing me. The fact is, taking care of your health is a commitment, and that can feel a little bit overwhelming at times. That's why I need easy, good, high-quality supplements. That's why I've been loving Omax 3. They're ultra-pure supplements because with Omax, Max 3, you just need to do one little thing to experience big health benefits, and you don't even have to think about it. Here on the Dan Bongino Show, we often discuss ways to be healthier and happier. We even do rough cut shows on it. So, of course, when tons of studies have shown that something improves your health, we got to talk about it. You probably heard about the many benefits of getting in your daily dose of omega, omega 3. So now I want to tell you about the purest way to get them with Omax 3 Ultra Pure, because if you're going to do something, do it right. And this is one of the best products out there. They sent me a couple boxes, and I've been really, really enjoying it. Give it to my uh, my daughters, too. Omax 3 Ultra Pure is the purest omega-3 supplement on the market, containing nearly 94% high-quality omega-3s. It's the purest option out there. None of those fish burps. There are many omega-3s on the market, but this is the purest, most concentrated one. There's various health benefits just in one supplement. It makes your uh, optimal health uh, easy. Omega-3s are amazing at alleviating joint pain and muscle soreness. They make you feel your best post-workout, which is a big issue for me. They can also improve focus and memory, boost cardiovascular health, and more. It just makes sense to take a daily omega-3 supplement. You've probably seen some of the supplements at the store, but many of the top sellers simply don't contain enough omega-3s to give you results. You don't believe me? This is the purest concentration on the market. Try this test, their freezer test challenge. If you freeze any other of these omega-3 supplements, they'll get cloudy. That's all the filler, the junk in there. Try that with omega th- uh, Omax-3. You'll see their omega-3 soft gels remain clear. It's that pure. But it's not about how Omax 3 looks. It's about how it makes you feel. So try it for yourself. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have plenty of time to try and feel the Omax difference. Go to tryomax.com slash Bongino. That's tryomax.com, O-M-A-X, tryomax.com slash Bongino today. Get your box of Omax 3 Ultra Pure for free with your first per- uh, purchase. That's tryomax.com. Slash Bongino to get your free box of Omax 3 with your first purchase. Tryomax.com slash Bongino. Terms and conditions apply. It's a great product. Okay. Um, so here's what's going on, folks. They're celebrating that uh, that Trump's lawyer came out and said that the meeting, the meeting they're referring to, so you're aware of the specifics, is the meeting uh, with, uh, with the last summer with Trump Jr. at Trump Tower with a Russian lawyer. And a another Russian lobbyist kind of person, business interested person, uh, met with met with Trump Jr. at Trump Tower. Right. So the story we've been hearing is that uh, Don Trump's the president, Don Trump Sr., obviously, um, did not know about this meeting. It was set up by Trump Jr. Um, and that the the Democrat narrative and the media narrative has been, look, look, this is evidence of collusion. They met with these Russians and the, the Russian lawyer and this other Russian over there because they were looking to exchange information about Hillary Clinton, potential dirt on Hillary Clinton. This is evidence of collusion. 
Now, Don Trump Jr. has been forthright and has uh, disclosed publicly all of his emails about the incident. And the the emails, listen, they aren't pretty. And I don't think the meeting was a particularly good idea. I think a lot of people, including the Trump team, would acknowledge that. But there are no credible allegations of any illegality in the meeting. And matter of fact, in the meeting, no information about Hillary was actually exchanged. Mm. Uh, they, They walked in there. These two Russians in Trump Tower, by the way, which if you were going to hide a meeting, uh, Joe, you think you would do it in Trump Tower? You think you may want to do it somewhere else? Eh, Yeah, I think so. Kind of a good idea, right? So they do it in Trump Tower openly. And after a few minutes, they figure out that the meeting is about the Magnitsky Act, the Magnitsky Act, which is uh, a a sanctions effort on some Russian oligarchs that were involved in the killing of Sergei Magnitsky, uh, who is a Russian lawyer. So no information about Hillary's exchange. Now, let me get to the meat and potatoes here. So I think this information, this get ready, Joe. I think the information was actually may have been leaked by people connected to the Trump team. <laughs> I do. I do. And I'll th- you may say, well, why would they do? Why would you do that? Why? I was watching Goodfellas last night. Ray Liotta, when his wife, uh, when his wife flushes the cocaine down the toilet bowl. Why would you do that? Bing, pow, <laughs> Bing, pow, boom. Why would you do that? That was Goodfellas, too. The, the bamboo lounge seat, which I love. Ladies and gentlemen, the meeting that happened between Trump Jr. and these two Russians damages the Hillary team far more than it damages the Trump team. Yep. You're, really? That, yes. Now, not only does the, the meeting damage the... I'm going to get to that in a second. So we're going to talk about two specific things here. I'm going to get to the GDP numbers. Don't worry. Oh, I've yeah. got a lot to get to. There's a lot of news. Don't you worry. Um, your hour will be packed. You will get all the information you need. I'm, there are two points I want you to take away from this, though, that I want you to be very clear on. This does significant damage to the Hillary team, number one. And number two, it does significant damage to Cohen... The I, I at this point I believe super shady lawyer who is now was now we know is was taping conversations with his client, which is at at entirely unethical. And if any of those conversations the one we've heard, of course, was in New York. But if any of those additional tapes he alleges to have were Trump being taped in, in a Florida, mm. then that's illegal. What do you mean? This is important. The conversations, Joe's like, what do you mean by that? Um, in New York, with the tape we have that the the, the, um, the media has, that CNN's already played and other media outlets of Cohen taping Trump, again, entirely unethical, right? Mm-hmm. That happened in New York. New York is a one-party consent state. What does that mean? That means that if there are two people in the conversation, right? Right. As long as one person consents to recording it, it is legal to do. So right now, if I was, say, talking to Joe Armacost on the phone, and I was in New York, and he's in New York. This is important. Mm-hmm. Who is the one party that consents to taping? Well, if I tape it against Joe, I consented. Why? Because I taped it. Right. So basically, in New York, folks, you can tape people as long as you it's you and someone else on the phone without any legal consequences. Are we clear on that? It's called a one-party consent state. You have to understand this to understand where Cohen may, you know, could be liable with some other of these tapes he's purported to have. Got it. Okay. If Trump was in Mar-a-Lago in Florida with these other tapes, Florida, Mar-a-Lago's in Florida where I live. It's actually about 15 miles south of me. Florida is not a one-party consent state. It is a two-party consent state, meaning not only Cohen, but Trump would have to consent to being taped too. That is a fact. Now, does he have tapes with Trump in Florida? I don't know. He may, he may not. I'm just suggesting to you if he does, he may have committed um, some kind of a crime if that were to happen. If he didn't, then he didn't commit a crime. And because New York, again, is a one-party consent state. If all the tapes were made in New York, he's fine. Now, why does this story work for the Trump team and why do I think the Trump team may have leaked this? Number one, I think the Trump team has absolutely nothing to worry about. I think the Trump team understands completely there is no collusion. There was never any collusion. Um, there, there is no, there's nothing to hide here. This this investigation's a joke. The Mueller investigation's a joke. Mueller's the tweet police now. Apparently, if you saw the reports yesterday, Mueller's looking at the Trump's tweets. Yeah, exactly, Joe. That's all he is. We got the social media police. At first, it was Smokey Daniels. Now he's looking into the tweet. I know the name is Stormy, whatever. Smokey, Smarmy, whatever you would. Smarmy Daniels, we get it. So, so now he, Trump's looking 
looking at Mueller's looking at the Trump's tweets and smarmy. That's his. That's the. This is this big time investigation looking into a former porn star and Trump's tweets. This is what we've been relegated to. Trump knows he has nothing. Leak this stuff or someone close to him leak it, knowing it's junk, it's going to be garbage anyway. There is no collusion. Leak it on the day that the GDP numbers come out where Trump is winning again, and it's going to go away because this works for them. This does not work for for uh, for the uh, for Mueller. Now, on angle number one, you tracking me, Joe? How this story completely discredits the Clintons and hurts them, doesn't hurt the Trump team. All right. Donald Trump Jr. has already disclosed the information on this meeting. Right. Was it a bad idea? Yes. Point stipulated. There are a lot of bad ideas in politics. Hillary running for president was a bad idea. Yep. It was the worst idea of all. That doesn't make the idea criminal. Don Trump Jr. has already disclosed the emails surrounding the meeting. Meet with these two Russians at Trump Tower. They have some information on Hillary. They didn't have information on Hillary. End of story. Bad idea. Everybody moves on. The Democrats and the liberal media don't want to move on. But who were those two Russians? Who were the two Russians that showed up at the tower? Oh, here we go. Dan Bongino to the rescue here for you again. Russian number two in the meeting. We're going to go in first. You, you. <laughs> this is from an article at the Daily Caller, which will be in the show notes today. Please read it at Bongino.com. It's an older article, but it is absolutely worth your time. One of the two people that shows up, the Russians at this meeting with Trump Tower. Oh, you say this makes Clint Hillary look bad? Oh, yes, it does. Let me quote. The guy's name is Renat Akhmetshin, right? Renat Akhmitchin told the Senate Judiciary Committee on November 14th, I knew Clinton. I knew some people who worked on her campaign. Oh, you did? Oh, wow. Oh, that's fascinating. So you show up to sound like a setup. You show up to this Trump Tower meeting with this other Russian lawyer alleging to have dirt on Hillary, but you knew Hillary and you knew people who worked in her campaign. Oh, here's another doozy. Akhmetshin, a former Soviet military intelligence officer, also said his attorney, Edward Lieberman, knows Clinton well. Matter of fact, Lieberman's late wife, Evelyn, was a close confidant of Hillary. Oh, 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 how's that working out for how you like them apples? How about that? How about that? <laughs> How about that? So the dude who shows up for the Trump Tower meeting with Don Jr., which Don Jr. has completely disclosed the emails surrounding it. Everybody acknowledges it was a bad idea. One of the Russians who's connected to military intelligence in Russia also acknowledges that his lawyer is a close confidant of the Clintons, acknowledges, by the way, he doesn't like Trump. And also says, oh, I knew the Clintons. I knew some people who worked in a campaign. Oh, how about that? Wow. (laughs) Ladies and gents, again, keep underestimating Donald Trump. I'm telling you, he is playing Mueller for the fool he is. This is a dead end. I think the Trump team wants this out there because this exposes what? Let me give you the two narratives, okay? Dopey Democrats, liberals, swamp rats, Mueller, and the anti-Trump Republicans are absolutely convinced that this meeting is the keys to the kingdom. Look, two Russians showed up alleging to have information on Hillary. Ladies and gentlemen, that narrative is garbage. They brought nothing on Hillary. The people who showed up to the meeting were connected to the Clintons. It exposed. Do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. It doesn't expose collusion, Joe. Yep. It exposes the spying operation and the setup and the framing of Donald J. Trump. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Trump team is stupid? Folks, uh, listen, I'm not one of these 4D chess guys. That every single thing Trump does all the time is 4D chess. I, I, I've said to you repeatedly, some things I think we could have done. But I think the meeting was a bad idea. I think they'd all acknowledge that. But I'm telling you now, this meeting is will absolutely discredit the collusion narrative and only feeds the Spygate narrative. The Trump team's got to know this. The people who showed up for the meeting were connected to the Clintons. Joe's dropped there. They were. This was a. This was an obvious 
Framerouski. Dipsy do Framerouski. And remember, new rules. New rules. We don't care about your narratives. We're ignoring your collusion nonsense. We are going in right now for the info, and we are going in to get this thing. We're pulling this information out in a reconnaissance operation no matter what. And this thing exposes the spying operation. It doesn't expose any liability on the Trump end. No information was exchanged of any significance to Hillary Clinton at all. Mm. At best, you have a bad decision. And I got to tell you, I don't care if Trump knew about it or not. I don't care. Oh, my gosh, you don't care. No, I don't. Now, if information would have been exchanged, they would have set up some collusion network with the Russians to work with. Yeah, then I would care. That's not what happened. Right. The meeting was a bad idea. Point stipulated. Whether Trump knew about it. Okay, bad idea. I don't care. New rules. We are going after you on Spygate. That's the story. That's the only story. Your collusion story is dead. This meeting works for us, not for them. Their story is dead. There's no there there. Oh, by the way, that's the words of the lead investigator in the case, Peter Stroke, who was actually investigating Trump, who texted that to his girlfriend. There's no there there. There's no there there. The ca- Ladies and gentlemen, please hear what I'm telling you. Collusion is dead. It is as dead as a doornail. There's nothing there. Listen to me. Please, as a friend, I love you to death. I read your emails. My wife reads them. My daughter reads them. I love my audience. You have made my life a pleasure every morning getting up doing this show, which I adore. Trust me on this. Collusion is dead. Mueller has nothing. He is absolutely begging for something. He's he's down. This guy has lowered himself in the investigation to the point he's looking at Donald Trump's tweets. This is how humiliating this investigation is. Not for Trump, for Mueller. They're looking at the guy's tweets. His tweets. Are you serious? Okay, let me rewind a little bit because I'm, I'm, I want to be clear about what we're talking about. I'm telling you that the leak of this story, that Michael Cohen's ready to talk, and he's ready to say that Trump knew about the Trump Tower meeting between Don Trump Jr. and two Russians pre-election about, according to Don Jr.'s emails, what was sent to him, alleged dirt on Hillary. The story in the past was that, according to the president, that he didn't know about it. The story now is Cohen's going to say he didn't know about it. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. There was no information about Hillary exchange, and the people that showed up were connected to Hillary. The story does not work. They don't get, they are they're such suckers it is unbelievable i I was laughing this morning on twitter i even sent out that tweet liberals today for the you know 1476 time or whatever we got him now oh yeah okay (laughs) fellas yeah you got him now yeah nice job right well the approval rating keeps going up while you suckers keep focusing on a story nobody cares about but you so taking it back out again this story i believe works for the trump team i i listen i i I don't deal with people and I, I, I do my own thing. I live I, I live and reside here in my studio these days. I, I want to be clear on this. I'm speculating 100%. And I am that the, the, the Trump team may have, in fact, leaked some information that I, because I think it works for them. Because one of the other stories out there is, oh, well, maybe the Mueller team leaked it to discredit the GDP information. No, the Mueller team would only leak it if it was, this was, this is not damaging. This is nothing. This is zip. Mueller's looking to hurt Trump. None of this hurts Trump at all. So number one, it discredits Clinton, this story. Because the guy who shows up, one of the guys, is connected to the Clintons. The other person who shows up, the Russian lawyer, Veselnitskaya. Right. Get a load of this from the Daily Caller piece. Please read it in the show notes so you have a grasp of what's going on here. The Russian lawyer shows up to meet with Don Jr. about this ooh, this bizarre meeting. This is funny. From the Daily Caller piece. In a bizarre twist, it turns out that the Russian lawyer, Veselnitskaya's memo, was put together by who? Oh, Glenn Simpson, oh. the founder of Fusion GPS, the firm that commissioned the Steele <laughs> oh. dossier. Oh, 
Isn't that special? How about that? Oh. So the one Russian, Russian number two, you have thing one and thing two. Thing two that shows up, his lawyer, his wife, for who's now passed, was connected closely to the Clintons. He says he doesn't like Trump and he knows the Clintons. Crazy how that happens. The actual Russian lawyer that shows up, the memo she turns up with was put together by Glenn Simpson, the founder of Fusion GPS, who was hired by the Clintons to dig up dirt on Trump. Folks, this case does not work at all for the anti-Trump resistance. I'm telling you, Trump wants this stuff out there because it makes them look like idiots. It confirms the whole Spygate narrative. It, the collusion narrative is dead. Hear me out on that. It is dead as a doornail. There is no there there. When are we going to get him? Uh, when, <laughs> when are we no going time to get soon, him? bud. No oh, time soon, I, I want to stay at your house tonight. It's not, oh. not going to happen. Oh. Simpson. This, let me read this one. This is interesting, too. Glenn Simpson. This is from the Daily Caller piece. Simpson happened to be working with Veselnitskaya, the Russian lawyer, <laughs> and Akhmetshin, the other Russian thing, too, to investigate Browder as part of an effort to undermine the Magnitsky Act. In his testimony, Akhmetshin, who doesn't now, this is thing, too, who now, again, knows the Clintons, and his lawyers connected to the Clintons, also says he's known Glenn Simpson of Fusion GPS for more than a decade and has been a source for him when Simpson worked at the World Street, uh, Wall Street Journal. Guys, I mean, are, are, are we still falling for this? Are we still falling for... Joe, Dude. have we not made the case to you over six months that the scandal here... This is why this Mueller... Uh, the Mueller probe right now is almost working in, in Trump's behalf. Because uh, I, I never I knew Mueller was going to try to find something, but I never thought he was going to try to find something entirely, completely ridiculous that would discredit him. Things like, in other words, looking at Trump's tweets. Mueller, I thought, was prouder than this. This investigation is a total joke right now. It's a sham. And now the investigation is actually exposing things that damage the Obama administration's spygate efforts, and it completely discredit this collusion narrative. It's a farce. Mm-hmm. Okay. So again, point number one is I think this works for the Trump team. I would not be surprised at all if someone in the Trump orbit called the media and said, hey, listen, here's what Cohen's going to say. Um, but, but, you know, and they'd be guessing. I mean, they don't know what he's going to say or not. They're obviously not dealing with him anymore. But Cohen's going to say Trump knew about this because it doesn't matter. One, the case discredits Clinton. Number two. It discredits Cohen, too. Oh, it does? Take a little sip of coffee. You know, the first thing I thought when I heard this this morning was, so what? So what is right. A big fat so what. Yeah, so what? Joe, can I read to you a tweet? Yeah, man. Would you mind? This is a tweet from January 9th of 2018. All right, babe. Babe, babe, babe. Who's this tweet by? Verified blue check Twitter account at Michael Cohen 212. Oh, oh, Michael Cohen. So let me get this straight. The same lawyer that these press reports are alleging is now going to say Don Trump Jr. Um, Don uh, Donald Trump, President Trump knew about Don Trump Jr.'s meeting with two Russians connected to Hillary and their opposition research firm. So, oh, oh so, <laughs> so he knew about Spygate in advance. Wow, crazy. But Cohen's going to say he knew. Really? Tweet, Michael Cohen. And I quote, Enough is enough (laughs) of the fake Russian dossier. I just filed a defamation action against BuzzFeed News for publishing the lie, the lie-filled document on POTUS, real Donald Trump and me. (laughs) Wait, what? So let me get... (laughs) Hold on, hold on. Let me let me dial this back a little bit because we're now we're we're in like again the Seinfeld episode where George does everything backwards and it works out for him. We're we're almost in the other Seinfeld episode as well. Where uh, manager, I got hand, I got hand. This is like who has it? Mueller does not have hand. This is your star witness in the case. Uh, Joe, did you did you pick up what I just put down on that? Yeah, I did. Because. Your star witness in the case, Trump's lawyer, tweeted out 
on January 9, 2018. It's on my Twitter feed if you want yeah. to see the tweet yourself. From his verified account. This is not a joke. It's not a spam. Your star witness sued BuzzFeed over what he's calling a lie-filled document about Donald Trump, the president. The document, by the way, yeah. which was the entire basis for the investigation of Donald Trump and the special counsel investigation. Oh, put this dude on the stand tomorrow, please. Mr. Cohen, um, do you agree with your tweet on January 9th of 2018 that BuzzFeed produced a lie-filled document on POTUS? Were you lying then or are you lying now? No, I was lying then. No, I'm lying now. I mean, I was lying now about lying then. About now and then. Oh, how about that? <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Mr. Cohen, which story exactly is true? The lawsuit against BuzzFeed claiming that the entire basis for the investigation you're saying now is real is false, or is it false now about the false lawsuit about falsity and the false lies about the... Um, y- yes? <laughs> Maybe? Option X? There's no option X, sir. F- folks, please... I put uh, there's another article in the show notes in the Guardian. Please, it's an older article. You have to read these articles today because they will entirely discredit your liberal friends. Your liberal friends think Michael Cohen right now is their su- their new superhero. Oh, He's their new guy. Michael Cohen, Trump's lawyer, is going to take down the whole operation. He's going to prove the dossier is real. Let me read this to you one more time. Just filed a defamation action against BuzzFeed News for publishing the lie-filled document on, on POTUS. Wow, he's going to be a real star witness, isn't he? The guy didn't only say that the dossier is a lie. He actually filed a lawsuit. I have an article in The Guardian, a left-leaning outlet, about his lawsuit against BuzzFeed for the, quote, lie-filled document. Mr. Cohen, was that tweet true? That tweet was false. So what you're saying now is true, and that was a lie. Yes, this is now true. Those were lies. Oh, okay. This, yes, this guy is a star witness. Li- this is what's hysterical. That's why I can't stop laughing at the libs. Guys, ladies, th- nobody cares about this Russia thing anymore at all, <laughs> number one. Number two, they, do you understand they have nothing? This is complete garbage. This is your star witness. This is the best you've got. A lawyer connected to Trump who actually filed a lawsuit saying the whole thing is garbage. Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. <laughs> That's good. You, you, you. I was watching Goodfellas last night. Oh. I tell you, I can't get enough of that movie. I really can't. Even though Bob De Niro has lost his mind, is in it? <laughs> it is still funny. And that's, of course, where the epic bing, pow, boom came yeah. from. Bing, pow, boom. I love that line. He's talking about how the cops roughed him up, Joe Pesci. So the line actually is pretty vulgar. We can't play the line. Oh, yeah. Vulgar, it's pretty, you know the line I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah. I told them to go, mm-mm-mm-mm. <laughs> and I turned up and I said, what are you, where, I told you to go, bing, pow, boom. <laughs> Folks, don't worry about this. Don't sweat it. Let your friends spin their wheels. We got them now. Yeah, all right, whatever. You got, you got nothing. I, I'm I'm absolutely convinced Trump's playing these idiots for fools. All right. Um. So next story I wanted to get. Wait. Just I know I don't want to repeat. Just to sum up quick, so you you don't lose anything. Okay. The story about Cohen and the Trump Tower meeting works for the Trump team. It works for the Trump team because the people that showed up to the meeting were connected to the Clintons and opposition research people hired by the Clintons. You already heard that. Number two, it completely discredits Cohen as well, because if Cohen's now going to say that this was some kind of sophisticated operation, um, that the dossier is now true, that the Trump team was colluding, he's already on record in tweets and a public lawsuit saying the dossier is false. He can't have it both ways. This story works for them. It discredits both of them. That's all I wanted to get to. Okay. Um, I want to move on because yesterday I said I was going to get to this quick recap piece that Molly Hemingway did, which was genius, which was in the show notes yesterday, about how the media is in a corner now, too, because they can't dial back their promotion of the collusion story. And it's actually their promotion of the collusion story, which is now hurting them in the Spygate investigation. Here's what I mean by this, because I want to be crystal clear on this. This has been a real core base component of the show for the last few weeks. There are two narratives out there. One is the Democrat narrative. The other is the real narrative, which actually does significant harm to the Democrats. Narrative number one, Trump colluded with the Russians. Narrative number two, the Obama administration colluded with itself and the Hillary team to spy on the Trump team. Mm hmm. 
The collusion narrative is entirely debunked. It's false. The liberals, they want to keep it alive to damage Trump. The problem is the more they keep it alive, the more they keep promoting, whether they know it or not, the damage that the uh, to the Obama administration over, in fact, the spying operation. And I'll, I'll tie it in in a second. Um, uh, let me just read this because it's important. All right. Uh, today's show also brought to you by Puppy Spot. Hey, welcoming a new puppy into your home is one of the most rewarding things you'll ever do. I'm almost there. Uh, but how can you be sure they can come from a responsible breeder? Online classifieds are definitely not the answer. The best place to find the perfect puppy is PuppySpot.com, a trusted service connected to the nation's top breeders, to caring, responsible individuals and families. Because a puppy joining a home shouldn't feel too big to handle. It shouldn't be full of mystery or compromise. I love dogs. Puppy Spot is more than a service. They're advocates. They're 200 plus dog loving team members who ensure that only the highest level of licensed breeders enter their exclusive breeder community. You can view thousands of puppies from golden retrievers to Yorkies to Labradoodles and their puppy concierge service will help find the right breed for you. Once you find the puppy you love, you can relax because Puppy Spot handles the rest. Their industry-leading health guarantee means your puppy's vaccinations are up to date and they receive the nose-to-tail health examination from a licensed veterinarian before they're brought safely to your home. Fetch your new best friend at PuppySpot.com slash Dan. That's PuppySpot.com slash Dan. And for a limited time, all of our listeners here will receive access to the Puppy Spot VIP program with discounts on everything you need for your new puppy, from food to walking services. Go to PuppySpot.com dot com slash dan for this special offer that's puppy spot.com slash dan okay so molly hemingway i put that piece again from the federalist in today's show notes i rarely repeat them but it's worth your time because it makes a point i've been making for a long time now to you i'm not taking by the way i hate when i say because it, it sounds like i'm taking credit for it. i'm not a lot of people will put this out there but you have to remember and sometimes we have to move out joe and recap where we are and where we've been yeah You have to remember where this all started, because when you understand where it all started, a lot of the confusion in the case makes sense. And by the confusion, I mean this. There are multiple articles. Um, If you Google Bongino.com Obamagate files, you will see a litany of articles on my website where the media was actively promoting the spying operation on Donald Trump. British intelligence passing information, John Brennan meeting at the, you know, the the principal's level with foreign intelligence to pass off information on the Trump team. Now, by by confusion, I mean, a lot of you are confused because I get the emails and you say, well, Dan, why would CNN and The Guardian, a left-leaning outlet, report on such a pernicious, dangerous spying operation, knowing later on that the spying operation could be exposed? Folks, you're reading this all wrong. This goes all the way back to 628, the famous episode number 628 of ours, their most listened to episode ever. Folks, at the time, view it through the lens of what was going on at the time. The media actually believed back then, they believed that Trump was actually colluding with the Russians. Why did they believe that? Do you remember Ben Rhodes, the former Obama administration storyteller? Yeah. He was on a he was a national security uh, official in the Obama administration. Ben Rhodes, sure. who's, yeah. uh, Ben, and who's famous for saying that you know they can spin the media and they don't know anything. He gave that interview, that that infamous interview where oh we're so good at spinning the media, we can tell them basically fairy tales and they'll believe whatever because they don't know anything. That was Ben Rhodes. That was an Obama person, right? Ben Rhodes and them always understood that they could feed a fake narrative to the media. I mean, he almost acknowledges that, in fact, that they don't know anything, they don't know how to vet information. Back at the time, ladies and gentlemen, right around the time Hillary saw that they, you know, this is post-election. Now, the, the groundwork for the Russian collusion fake narrative had been laid before the election, but after the election and in the transition period, Hillary needs right away and the Obama team needs an excuse. So the excuse becomes, well, we didn't really lose. Trump colluded with the Russians to win the election, right? So their national security officials inside the Obama administration, intelligence officials, start leaking to the media, you know, oh, listen, hey, psst, psst, psst. Listen, Trump may have colluded with the Russians. Now, these suckers in the media who don't do their due diligence on it start reporting these stories. They start reporting these stories thinking what, Joe? Thinking that they're true. Right. 
thinking, okay, well, the big story here is not going to be a spying up. Like, no one in the media goes, well, how do you know that? Well, we were spying on Trump. Wait, wait, what? Right, Joe? Like, you were spying on the Trump. Like, that's the story. You would think some inquisitive mind in the media at some point, folks, would have said, "Uh, folks, how do you have this information? Well, we were spying on him in conjunction with foreign intelligence. Uh, Isn't that the story? No one asked that. They took at face value that Trump was colluding with the Russians and didn't bother to ask the hard questions. If you go to the Obamagate file section of my website, you will see a number of reports. The most important, which highlights this whole thing, and this is, imp- this is critical here, is a, this, is a, this was in April uh, of 2017. So this is after the election. But this goes to show the information exchange that was going on. Here's a headline from CNN Politics. This is CNN, by the way. This is not Fox. This is not Breitbart. This is CNN. British intelligence passed Trump Associates communications with the Russians on to U.S. counterparts. Some source clearly fed to the CNN team, Jim Shuto, Pamela Brown, and Eric Bradner. By the way, this article is still up there. It's on the Obamagate files. You can read it yourself. Clearly lays out the fact that foreign intelligence was interfering in a U.S. election to, quote, pass Trump Associates communications with Russians on to U.S. counterparts. The fact that they're British does not make them any less foreign. Now, it may, they are friendlies. The Russians aren't. Right. But friend, now, in my book, by the way, you, it'll make a lot of sense, the motive here. I can't talk about it just yet. But when the book comes out, it, we're looking at early, early October. The, it should be on Amazon soon. I'll let you know. But the motive here will make sense. But the, they are a foreign government. And it's clear from this piece, there is some interference in our U.S. election here. The reason CNN reported this right after the inauguration is because they probably believed it was true. They believed story number one. Remember I told you the two narratives. He colluded with the Russians, which is false. And the second narrative, the Obama team spied. I don't think they ever thought that the spying narrative was going to overtake the collusion narrative in importance. They thought they'd have this guy impeached by now. So they reported this story never thinking their own stories were going to be used as ammo later on. BuzzFeed in January of 2017 or in that critical transition period, BuzzFeed reports the dossier. BuzzFeed puts the dossier out there. The fake dossier that Michael Cohen, their star witness, has already acknowledged in a tweet as a, quote, lie-filled document. Do you, do you, are you getting how their entire case is? It's, 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 it's a house made of sand. The waves come and wash the whole thing away. Yeah. BuzzFeed publishes the dirty dossier that the Clinton team paid for. Clapper, Obama's DNI, who's now backtracking, if you listen to the show the other day, uh, Clapper basically to Anderson Cooper uh, throw Obama under the bus here. Hey, this wouldn't have started without Obama. <laughs> Clapper knows he's in a world of trouble. Obama's former director of national intelligence. This is critical. Clapper suggested Jim Comey, the FBI director, that they go and brief Donald Trump on components of the dossier. CNN then leads us because CNN can't report on the dossier because it's it's fake. They can't verify it. But they want the information out there. So what better way to do it than to let a place with lax journalistic standards like BuzzFeed actually publish the dossier? which is unverified and salacious in the FBI's own words, by the way, Jim Comey's own words. Now, CNN can't report on that, but CNN can report on the fact that Jim Comey goes up to, uh, uh, to Trump and briefs him on the dossier. Oh, we got a story now. We got a story now. Now we can mention the dossier because we're really talking about Joe winking and nod. We're talking about the briefing, not the dossier. Ah. And now everybody goes, there's a dossier? Let me see. Oh, BuzzFeed has it. Clapper told Comey to go. Do- I think this is why Clapper knows he's in a world of trouble. Clapper's leaks to the media. Clapper's, Clapper's misstatements about leaks to the media, too, where he's tried to backtrack his story about talking to CNN or not. His financial arrangement with left-leaning news, news outlets now. These in a world of trouble, Clapper. 
Clapper has got to somehow throw Obama under the bus because do you see where I'm going with this, folks? The Russian collusion thing was a hoax from the start. It's not the hoax part that's going to get them in legal trouble. It's the leaks to the media about the hoax. Uh That's what's going to get them in trouble. And the fact that the media played a role in this, I have to believe, folks, I have to believe that the media, they're diehard leftists, but the media is probably a bit upset about this, too. You may say, come on, Dan. And I'm not saying they like, don't, don't misinterpret what I'm saying. But the media does want to maintain some modicum of credibility. All of these leaks to the media, folks, about the dossier and British intelligence and all this stuff and how serious this collusion case was. The media people now have to realize their own words are going to be used against them in the Spygate case. They were played like fiddles. When the Trump operation... When the Department of Justice and the investigators finally get to the bottom of this, how is CNN going to backtrack on this April 14, 2017 article? Were you working with foreign intelligence to pass information off about the Trump team on collusion that never happened? No, no, we weren't. Really? Because let me read your headline. British intelligence passed Trump Associates communications with Russians onto U.S. counterparts. Uh, Did you retract that story? Um, No, we didn't. Why haven't you retracted it? Because it's true. Oh, it is true. They did spy on Trump with foreign intelligence. Do you see where I'm going with this? This is why Clapper's in a panic. Because the collusion narrative is crap. It's falling apart. The media was played. The media was fed stories believing the collusion narrative was true. The stories they were fed actually buttressed the Spygate story, not the collusion story. The headline alone tells the story. And Molly Hemingway's piece is great because it goes back to this recap. And she says, listen, sometimes we got to pull this out because it's a confusing story to 30,000 feet and explain what the media's role in this was. The media were played for fools, for darn fools, for suckers. Now the information is going to be used against them. BuzzFeed probably believed the dossier was true. That's probably why they published it. Now we have the star witness in the collusion case saying the dossier was false. The whole collusion case is based on the dossier. Their star witness, who's a lawyer, by the way, a lawyer, you think would know the legal consequences, filed a defamation lawsuit saying that the whole case is crap because it's based on the dossier. This is your star witness? Oh my gosh, are these, it's just comical. It's just comical listening and watching these liberals celebrate. Michael Cohen, he's our new hero. This guy's already said the whole case is crap. He filed a lawsuit on it. He's a lawyer. This is the best you've got? The media's own reporting on this case buttresses the spy gate, the spy scandal. It does. The collusion narrative is garbage. The FBI itself has said the document the thing was based on. So now, Joe, just to be clear on the dossier. So the dossier, Trump did this, Trump did that, Trump colluded with the Russians. Yeah, yeah. That's their whole case. Mm-hmm. We know this from the FISA application. That's their whole case, mm-hmm. right? Okay, yeah. The FBI has said it's salacious and unverified, according to Jim Comey. The number two said they'd have no case without it. The number three in the case, Price Depp, the head of counterintelligence, said they verified it at its its infancy, the verification process was. The number four in the case, the lead investigator says there's no there there. And your lead witness in the case on the dossier calls it a lie-filled document. Said, winner, winner! That sounds like a winner to me, Joe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shaggy. Oh, my gosh. Are you people that sloppy? If I had a case, Joe, against you, I'm say I'm back in the Secret Service. Yeah, brother. I have a felonious mopery case against Joe Armacost. Mm-hmm. I have a document, a signed document, intelligence about Joe's involvement in felonious mopery. My lead witness about the document says the document on the record is a lie-filled document. The, uh, the lead investigator in the case says the document is salacious and unverified, documenting Joe's felonious mopery. <laughs> the number two says we would have no case for felonious mopery without the document that our number one said salacious is unverified and our lead witness calls it lie-filled. <laughs> the head of the division investigating the case, when asked about verifying the felonious mopery document, says, oh, it's only in its infancy, our verification process. Take that, copper. And the lead investigator in the felonious <laughs> mopery case against Joe tweets his girlfriend and says, hey, there's no there there. Oh, yeah. 
Joe, you're nailed, buddy. Oh, they got you. Yeah. Oh my god. Are you people that dupe that that are you are you that duped that easily? Jeez Louise. They've got you understand Mueller has nothing. That's why they're down to what structure charge on his tweets. Oh, that's a real winner there, Bob. You got a real gem there. Now we're analyzing the guy's social media. He's obstructing justice so fully and cryptically. He's tweeting it out to 52 million followers. Oh, my. I mean, this is just this is outrageous. This is so dumb. All right. All right. I got I got a couple other things I want to get. Just so frustrating. I can't believe how easily people are duped. I, I'm enjoying watching liberals. I hate shouting fraud. But this morning, it, it's been comical watching liberals. We got him again. Yeah, you I, got I'm glad you, you went it. back. And I bet a lot of the listeners are, too, because you need to once in a while. I'm glad you went back with Molly there. Yeah, I mean, and, I think we just and, nailed it. Yeah. The dossier story's fake. The meeting story works for the Trump team, not yeah. the Clinton team. And the media, their own stories reflect the Spygate scandal. They don't reflect the collusion scandal. That's the three takeaways. Yeah. The, and the media can't retract the stories. The stories are already out there. All right. Today's show also brought to you by buddies at We the People Holsters. Thanks, Joe. Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh has been blasted on social media and liberal news outlets as the man who will steer the Supreme Court toward broader gun rights. Oh, liberals. I hate to break it to you, Libs, but your old friend, President Barack Obama, actually opened the floodgates of gun ownership sales during his presidency by wanting to increase restrictions on gun ownership. Boy, did that backfire on him. Um, a perfect example is our friends over at We the People Holsters. We the People Holsters make custom-made holsters uh, made right here in the USA. They design their own holsters in-house. They don't use third-party molds for the holsters. They build them right there in Las Vegas. They cut every mold to fit each firearm perfectly. They have updated designs. They change often. They add new designs every month, keeps them up to date on new models coming out. When they say their holsters uh, are built with their own molds, they mean it. They are fit with precision. And when you put that firearm in there, I have a couple of them. You get that nice click sound. It's it's a little bit of security knowing it's safely secured. You don't want to be, God forbid, involved in some self-defense situation and all of a sudden the firearm falls out. That's why this holster is the best. You have that safety and security. The best part about it is you can adjust the cant and the ride on it for maximum comfort. You want to adjust the tension, you just turn one screw. They have this um, their own clip they design, which is which is perfect. If the way it fits on the belt and with the hip, you know, I've always had a problem with a lot of these inside the waistband holsters because of the way they ride up against the hip bone. Not with this one. It is so comfortable. I love it. Has that adjustable tension. They have custom printed designs in-house. The thin blue line, the thin red line, Constitution, Camo, and American flag, and more coming out each month. The reviews on this thing on my uh, on my email account have been absolutely extraordinary. Their holsters are terrific. They price their holsters at just $34. But everyone comes with a lifetime guarantee, and it ships free. If it's not a perfect fit, send it back for a refund. But here's the deal. Listeners of the show, if you use promo code DAN, my first name, you'll get $10 off. That makes the first holster just $24 with free shipping. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. Wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. That's wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. You get your first holster. You will love it for just $24 with that, 10, uh, with that $10 off using promo code Dan and free shipping. Wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. You won't regret it. Okay. Um, let's get... To this, the GDP number just came out. Trump just did a presser a little while ago. Uh, the winning continues, folks. Again, new rules, as I told you yesterday. Thanks for the feedback on the show, by the way. I appreciate it. It was, it was a lot, and uh, I enjoyed a lot of it, uh, most of it. It was great. Uh, there was, there was, uh, people just loved it. New rules. The new rules now is about winning. We don't care. We don't care about Smokey Daniels. We don't care about the Karen McDougal thing. We don't care. We care about winning. Winning, 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 winning matters now, and we're winning. The GDP numbers were extraordinary. I did get a couple of questions, though. Uh, a couple of folks emailed me yesterday and said, hey, how are these GDP numbers going to affect the debt? What is it going to take? Put them in context. Okay, 4.1% is a great number. Now, again, I do facts here. The Obama administration has had quarters, because this was a quarterly measure, folks, Quarterly for liberals, that means every three months. We're you know a month has the you know, year has twelve months. I'm, I'm, I'm sad we have uh, that we have to do basic math on the show, but liberals seem to have a difficult time with this. Um, to be fair, the Obama administration 
uh, I hate to say to be fair, just to be accurate. Is more the Obama administration did have quarters uh, at four percent or better. They did not have a year, an annual GDP count over three percent. He's the first president in modern U.S. history to not do that. Barack Obama. In other words, he failed to meet a growth metric that every president before him had done, and at least one year. He has had quarters. This is where the liberals will try to screw you up. They'll say, well, Obama, look at Obama. You know, Obama had a, had a quarter over, over 4% too. Yes, but he never had a year over 3%. Never had a year. By the way, the last quarter GDP Barack Obama handed Donald Trump was 1.9%. The last quarter was 2.2 for us, and this quarter was 4.1. This is a huge number. I'm waiting for the annual numbers. I want to see what the next quarter and the following quarter look like. But I'm telling you the tax cuts are starting to filter through the economy, the deregulations efforts, and Trumponomics is working. Obama, we know Obamanomics was a failure. I just told you. He is the first president in modern U.S. history to never reach a growth mark 3% annually that every president before him did. The, the failure of Obamanomics is just legendary in a bad way. Now, having said that, some people said to me, what kind of growth numbers would we need to make an impact on the debt? Folks, we would have to really, right, this government spending's out of control. If you were to hit annually, and this, is, this hasn't happened in a very, very long time. If we were to hit about 6%, 6% annually, if we did that for 10 years, we could grow the economy, uh, we could double the economy, almost. About about 6% annually. We're only at 4% per quarter. I, I say that not to put it down or the numbers are terrific. I did the whole show yesterday about how we're winning. The numbers are great. I think the numbers are only going to get better from here with this tariff reform package with the EU. I'm just trying to tell you to put everything in perspective because you asked. We would have to hit about 6% annually over an extended period of time to grow double the economy. Now, you say, well, how does that impact the debt? Right now, we owe everything our economy is worth. We owe about $20 trillion. The economy produces an output every year, about $20 trillion. So in order for us to basically have, it would be the equivalent of Joe earning $100,000 and owing $100,000. Mm-hmm. To make the impact of Joe owing $100,000 less, there are two ways to do it. Joe could have someone, you know, Joe could pay down his debt and then it's worth less. He could pay 50000 down, he only owes fifty. Or Joe could grow his income, making the paying down of the debt easier. You follow, folks? If Joe makes yeah. 100000 and owes 100000 that's pretty devastating debt. If Joe makes 200000 and earns 100000 all of a sudden it's not that bad anymore. Right. If we were to hit 6%, which we did under one of the Reagan years, if we were to hit that over 10 years and we did a full-blown commitment to GDP growth, again, I'm not suggesting this would be easy. It would be almost unprecedented. But we could have our debt if we put a cap on spending just by growing out of it by doubling our GDP to $40 trillion in 10 years, roughly. We'd require, basically, would require 7%, but 7 would be tough. 6 we've done before. So I just want to put the numbers in perspective. But having said that, this was a great number. It's going to be great for jobs. It is not, uh, I'm not trying to downplay this at all. As a matter of fact, the number is extremely, extremely important. Um, So great number, great press conference by by Trump. He put it out there. He had the vice president with him. Um, I'm glad he's talking about the economy because I'm telling you, Americans don't care. New rules. Sorry, folks got cables all over the place here in my new studio. We're still working out all the, uh, you can leave that in. Oh, I do too many. We don't want to do too many edits. I'm trying to get. I, I've been killing poor Joe over the past few days. We try to get the show out before noon Eastern time, but sometimes just so you get a little behind the scenes here. Yeah. When we're recording, like yesterday, in a in a in spot, sometimes we'll trip over stuff. I don't mean trip physically. So I got poor Joe has to edit it. It takes forever. So that's my fault, not his. But we're trying today our hardest. Okay, uh, another piece I'll have up in the show notes today, which I highly recommend. Now I can't be entirely objective about this. Uh, because it's on my website, uh, it's at Bongino.com. But Matt Palumbo did a great piece about four crazy Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez ideas. Uh, she is the <laughs> socialist from New York Congressional District uh, 14, believe, where uh, she's the new darling of the liberal left trying to advance and advocate for socialist ideas. But it, the sad thing is she doesn't seem to know much about economics, uh, foreign policy, or much else, which is quite upsetting. Uh, but she's out there and she's the new darling of the left. So she's put out a couple of her economic ideas, which our researcher, Matt Palumbo, was kind enough to entirely and completely debunk at his new piece 
which basically says for crazy Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez ideas. Uh, idea number one are statements about the unemployment rate, which I've debunked before, but I'll just quickly address again, where she said in the interview with Margaret Hoover and Firing Line that the unemployment rate was low because people are working two jobs. Oh, I'm dumber for having even talked about this. I've already lost 10 IQ points addressing this issue. Folks, as Matt points out, reading the piece, asking people if they're employed while analyzing the unemployment rate is a binary question, Joe. It is yes or no. <laughs> it is not, are you unemployed with two jobs, 10 jobs, or 100 jobs? It's, are you employed? The fact that people have two jobs or not, which, by the way, we're at 4.8% of the workforce working two jobs, which is the lowest it's been in decades, okay? That fact is entirely debunked that a number, you know, record numbers of people, whatever, are working two jobs. That's just not true. Um, but it doesn't matter. The unemployment rate is calculated by asking people, are you working or not? Not how many jobs. So I, again, I don't even want to talk about this because it really, we're all dumber for having addressed this stupid point and her having brought it up. But Matt does hit it in the piece. So you have some ammunition for your friends. Point number two, she talks about a federal job guarantee. What? Wait, what? A federal job. In other words, if you're out of work, the federal government will uh, will guarantee you employment with a federal government job. Yes, yes, that's what we need. More federal government jobs where people will have absolute job security and never leave the public workforce. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a, a atrocious, horrible. What? Yeah. Chucky jumps in. Of course, that's how bad that was. That is the worst idea I've ever heard. Taxpayers paying people to exit. What could be a free market private sector job to work for the government on a permanent job because you'll never be fired with a government pension forever. Horrible, horrible idea. No, thank you. Matt goes into some numbers on that, too. Third, her assault weapons ban. We need to ban assault weapons. Ladies and gentlemen, the Department of Justice's own analysis of the Clinton era assault weapons ban in 1994 showed that it had almost no connection whatsoever that was statistically verifiable to a reduction in gun violence. This is the Department of Justice's own study. It didn't work. Just listen to their words. It didn't work. Matt does a pretty thorough breakdown of this. This is a nonsense talking point. Hey, friends, we need an assault weapons ban, really, because the Bill Clinton uh, D Department of Justice at the time already said that the assault weapons ban didn't work. Right. But we need to try it again. Uh, no, no, thanks. We're good. Finally, one of her other points. Housing, Joe. Housing. It's a right. This is a human right, housing. Listen, declaring... Let me just explain this to you first. This isn't a Matt's piece. This is my own personal take on this. Well, it's actually Milton Friedman's, but it's worth putting out there. Folks, when your liberal friends start declaring things rights, I want you to explain to them that rights are really declarations of obligations, not rights. And what I mean by that is, if you declare... Oh, food. You say, let's look at something simple. Forget about housing for a minute. Look, let's look at something like food. Food's critical. I mean, how many days can you really go without food? A couple weeks before you're, uh, it's, a, it's, your, it's, it's bye bye time. You may say food is a human right. Well, what's the obligation on someone else? I'm not talking about the moral obligation. If you declare food a human right, a right, a legal right, and you enshrine that, that confers an obligation on someone else. In other words, if Joe's a farmer mm -hmm. and I have the right to food, let's ask the practical question. Unlike liberals who never ask practical questions, they just ask theoretical questions. If it's declared a right, can I walk on Joe's farm, start taking oranges off his trees, ripping carrots out of the ground and say, wait, 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 what are you doing, sir? What do you, what do you mean? What am I doing? It's my right. Food is my right. What do you, it's your right. I worked for this. This is our food for our family. No, no, no. It's my food. It's my right. Do you understand how liberals never think past point one? Well, once you think point one, uh, food is a right. If food is a right, then what's the obligation on others? Listen, I'm not talking about the moral obligation. A lot of us are spiritual and religious folks who believe it is a moral obligation to make sure people don't starve to death. And yep. I stand by that. Yeah, me too. I'm talking about complicated legal questions. When you declare a right to housing, what does that mean? 
Does that mean that a construction company has an obligation to build you a house for free? What about the construction worker working to feed his own family? Does he even get paid? No, he doesn't get paid. Why? Because he's got to work for free because housing's a right. Well, that's not what we really meant. No, that's what you meant. Declaring things a right does not make the economic hardship of declaring something an obligation on someone else go away. Now, Matt makes a terrific point, Joe, in the piece. The South African Constitution has a right to housing enshrined in its uh, enshrined in its constitution. So, Joe, according to liberals, oh, if it's a right, then housing problems must have went away, right? I'm sure they did. Yeah, of course. Of course they did, Joe. Oh, man. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Folks, one-fifth of South Africa's, popula- South Africa's population lacks adequate housing. How is that? It's a right enshrined in the Constitution because it doesn't take away the economic obligation of someone else. Nobody's going to build you a house, farm for you, feed you and clothe you for free. They're just not going to do it in mass. That's not the way it works. There are people who will donate their time, their charity. Thankfully, it happens now. But as a legal policy, declaring something an economic right does nothing to make the economic hardship of producing it for someone else go away. Nothing. One of these days, liberals will get that. All right, folks, it's going to be a busy day. So stay tuned to that news cycle. We'll have a lot to to report back to you on Monday. I'm sure the weekends are always busy. Uh, Please go to our website. Thank you for our best week ever. We appreciate it. Uh, Please go to the website, subscribe to the email list. And uh, and if you don't mind, subscribe to the podcast. I know you download it, but it's the subscriptions. They're free. That's what really helps us move up the charts a lot. Subscribe on iTunes, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and elsewhere. It really helps. So thank you very much, and I will see you all on Monday. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.